Hello everyone, this is Josh from Global Conservation Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 11 of the Global Conservation Newscast. Episode 11 covers the week of March 25th, 2019, and we're going to start things off in Colombia where a new private protected area now conserves over 1,700 acres of lowland rainforest in the Magdalena Valley. The Magdalena is found in central Colombia and is one of the most biologically diverse areas in the world. The valley is an ecological melting pot between two tropical regions, the Amazon and the Choco, and contains an exceptionally high level of endemism, which means species that are found there and nowhere else on Earth. The lowland rainforest ecosystem in the valley is home to many endangered species, including the Magdalena spider monkey, which is one of the rarest monkeys in the world, the blue-billed curassow, which superficially resembles a turkey with a mohawk and is critically endangered, and several species of large mammals as well, including jaguars, spectacled bears, and the Magdalena lowland tapir. The new private protected area was established thanks to a partnership between Rainforest Trust and Fundacion Proaves, and builds on the existing El Pagil Reserve, which now in total conserves over 16,000 acres of rainforest habitat as a safe haven for endangered wildlife. Next up is some amazing news coming out of India. A recent census of the Greater One-Horned Rhino in West Bengal State confirms that the population is the highest it's been since the census started nearly a century ago. The survey was conducted this past February across several national parks and wildlife sanctuaries in West Bengal. As you're likely aware, rhino populations all around the world have declined dramatically due to a poaching crisis perpetuated by a false belief that their horns have medicinal value. The parks and reserves of West Bengal were no exception, and by 1986, there were only 22 greater one-horned rhinos in the entire state. However, efforts to halt poaching have been highly successful, and today the number of rhinos has grown from 22 to 283. New technologies and government commitment to rhino conservation are the main drivers for the success DNA sampling has allowed researchers to develop a global rhino indexing system, and this allows enforcement agencies to cross-reference the DNA from seized contraband, providing the critical evidence required to prosecute poachers. Both the state government and local NGOs expect the population to continue to grow in the coming years, and plans are now afoot to develop a new reserve to continue the recovery of the greater one-horned rhino. In an incredible show of public support for river rewilding, 10 dams will be dismantled from the Kogilnik River in Ukraine this summer. The Kogilnik River begins in the hills of Moldova, winding through Ukraine and emptying into the Danube Delta, which is the second largest river delta in Europe and also one of the best conserved on the entire continent. The 10 Soviet era dams are located at the mouth of the Kogilnik and their removal will reconnect over 20 kilometers of river habitat, restoring important floodplain ecosystems all along the way. Numerous species of wildlife will benefit from this restoration project, including fish, 
frogs, otters, and a suite of migratory and breeding birds. The restoration is also expected to help boost the local economy by providing opportunities for ecotourism, which is a rapidly growing sector in Europe. The project was initiated by Dam Removal Europe and supported by Rewilding Europe and over 350 private donors who contributed to a crowdfunding campaign based in the Netherlands. Over the past 20 years, over 5,000 small dams and other aquatic barriers have been removed from the rivers across Europe, and this includes dams in France, Sweden, Finland, Spain, United Kingdom, Estonia, and now the Ukraine. The removal of dams throughout Europe has proven to be one of the most efficient and cost-effective means of restoring river biodiversity, while also providing important ecosystem services to local communities. A new private protected area has been established in Scotland to conserve Ben Shildig, a 3,800-acre mountain with spectacular views of both the Isle of Skye and the Outer Hebrides. Home to sea eagles, pine marten, and otters, the Ben Shildig property has long been a conservation priority owing to the fact that it contains two ancient Caledonian pine forests, whose origins can be traced all the way back to the last ice age. In addition to the pine woods, the mountain harbors high elevation shrublands and moorlands, as well as a unique temperate rainforest, where moisture-laden air from the sea condenses along a narrow strip of land at the mountain's base, and this allows a lush birch woodland to grow. Ben Shildig was purchased by Woodland Trust Scotland, and they were able to do so in record time thanks to the generous donations of people like yourself. So this is another great example of the importance of private land conservation efforts, as well as the power of crowdfunding to secure these important places. Now moving over to New Zealand, where it's been a record year for the threatened hihi, otherwise known as the stitch bird. The hihi, whose name means rays of sunshine in the Maori language, is a small black, white, and yellow honey-eater-like bird, meaning that its main source of food is nectar, which it gathers from over 50 different species of flowers and fruits. Interestingly, it has a very unique mating style, face-to-face, -face, which is a trait not found in any other bird species. The hihi was once common throughout the North Island of New Zealand, but was driven to extinction there in the mid-1800s due to invasive predators such as cats and rats, and the clearing of their forest habitat. By the 1890s, the hihi could only be found on a single tiny offshore island, and its prospects did not look good. Incredibly, they hung on in their forest home on this tiny island for over a century, until a conservation program was established in the 1980s, which began captive breeding and reintroducing the hihi to other offshore islands that were free of invasive predators. That program was highly successful, and the reintroduction efforts continue today in full force, with the hihi now successfully reintroduced across seven predator-free islands. The news gets even better, as for the first time in 130 years, the hihi is once again roaming and successfully breeding on mainland New Zealand thanks to a recent reintroduction program by the New Zealand Department of Conservation. This is an incredible story of hard work paying off, and just goes to show that even species so close to the brink of extinction can be saved when we put our minds to it. 
We've got another wildlife rediscovery story, this time coming out of India, where the Gunther's Mountain Snake has been rediscovered after not being seen in over 140 years. There's virtually nothing known about Gunther's Mountain Snake, other than the fact that it's a brown, slightly iridescent wood snake that prefers to live in dense, heavy evergreen forests. It's also what's called a point endemic, meaning that it can only be found in one very small area and nowhere else on Earth. That small area is the Meghamalai Forest in the western Ghats of India's Tamil Nadu state, where it was last seen in 1878. The rediscovery was made during a wildlife survey by the Foundation for Biodiversity Conservation, and a spokesperson for the foundation says that the discovery will aid in developing a conservation plan for that area to ensure that the Gunther's Mountain Snake does not become lost a second time. So we'll be sure to follow this story and, of course, to highlight any conservation successes that result from this great news. Our last story comes from Canada, where eight new marine reserves have been designated on the Pacific coast, protecting over 350 hectares of glass sponge reefs in the Salish Sea. Until fairly recently, these unique reefs were only known from fossil remains, and they were thought to have gone extinct 37 million years ago during the Jurassic period. However, in 1987, Canadian scientists and members of the Marine Life Sanctuary Society discovered living glass sponge reefs, which is one of the greatest natural discoveries in Canadian history. Since that time, regular diving expeditions have uncovered more and more examples of healthy glass sponge reefs, some of which are up to 7 kilometers long and 20 meters high. We now know that individual sponges in the reef can live for thousands of years, and the reef itself also supports a vibrant ecosystem, providing habitat for at least 80 species of fish and other marine wildlife. In addition to providing important wildlife habitat, these reefs also provide important ecosystem services to people by filtering up to 17 billion liters of water every day, and this removes harmful bacteria, carbon, and pollutants from the water. So a great example of transforming science into conservation action and we hope to see more designations like this one as more reefs are discovered in the Salish Sea. That's all we have for episode 11 of the Global Conservation Newscast. Thank you again for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You'll get updates every time we have a new episode published. And of course, you'll be helping us build our following as well. If you'd like to see more conservation news, you can follow Global Conservation Solutions on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We post daily about conservation successes from all around the world. We would also love to hear from you. You can contact us directly on any of those social media platforms, but you can also use the hashtag LetNatureThrive if you have your own conservation success story that you'd like to share. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Josh. I'm signing off, and we will see you next week.